Hey everyone, welcome to Fatal Error. I'm Chris. And I'm Sarish. And uh, today we're going to talk about proposing something to Swift Evolution. Uh, I didn't realize this, but apparently Sarush has a Swift Evolution proposal. Uh, Sarush, tell me about it. Uh, yeah, I made a Swift Evolution proposal. Um, it is built on top of the ideas of of uh, a couple of other people uh, as well. So, like, I don't want to you know take all the credit. Um, one of them I only know is Richie A. Uh, because we're in a Slack together, and that's you know the only name that he has. And I also worked with a friend of the show, Caleb Davenport, a little bit on it as well. Um, and uh, there were a bunch of people that gave a ton of feedback as well. I feel like I should shout out Erica Sedun helped. Oh, and Tim Vermeulen also helped. So it was. It's the, the basic idea is it's a guard catch statement. So like today, you have guard let, so that you can kind of deal with something being nil and get it out of the way and then exit the scope and then continue sort of on the happy path of a function. Mm -hmm. This would let you do the same thing, but with um, a a function that throws. So you would say basically guard let, you know, my variable equals try and then some throwing function. And then you would write catch and then open a brace. And then inside of there, you would basically have an error and you'd be able to handle it. That's the basic idea. I'm going to put the pull request for Swift evolution into the show notes so that people can see it. Okay, yeah. The play I was just going to say, is there a link where we can actually read this somewhere? Yeah. Um, um, and then that link also has a link to the thread on Swift Evolution, the mailing list, where you can also read the discussion around it there. Okay, cool. So just to make sure I understand that this is different from saying guard let some variable uh, equal try question mark, which would just discard the error. This is in a case where you want to try something, but then actually get access to that error if it failed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, whether you want to wrap that error and rethrow it, whether you want to print it before just returning nil or whatever, um, whether you want to, you can also the the way we laid it out, you can also catch a pattern match. So if it's like this kind of error, you can handle it in this way. Whereas there's this kind of error, you might just want a fatal error because you know that like, that case should never happen and you really want to know when it does. Yeah. So yeah. So you could pattern match on it and it gives you a lot more flexibility in dealing with this. All and all that is flexibility that you, you that you lose if you do try question mark or try bang. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. And then the only other thing that the only other way that you could achieve this Kurt, with current Swift is to say, um, like, declare your variable up above, which you can still do with a let, right? And then uh, write your your try. Right. So the way you would do it in, yeah, in current Swift, you would have to write, uh, like, do, and then you'd have to, like, have the let above, and then you, and then, like, not assign it to anything. And then you would have your do, and then you would, like, call the function and assign that variable that you declared but didn't you know, give a value to above, this is very confusing, and then call that, and then in the catch block, as long as you return from that, it will let you use that in the main body of the function. But it's, like, really unwieldy, and... Yeah, and I, that's really yeah, verbose. It's not great. And I so I look through, like, all the places that I'm actually using error handling in my iOS and in my server-side projects, and pretty much all of them um, I could just completely replace with guard catch. Like I would rather write guard catch than do catch in all of those cases, just because like it's one line. Um, it by using do, I like have to create this like extra level of nesting that I would rather not deal with if I could. Mm-hmm. And like this gives you pretty much all the same expressivity, but just with like 
uh, way simpler syntax, basically. Yeah, this, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I was pausing earlier because I forgot that the the it, it's not called a try block in Swift. It's do. Yeah, I've been writing. I've been writing Python recently where it's try. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Which also fun fact, you can have a do with no catch in Swift. That is the way that you just creates a new scope. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice trick to know about. Yeah, it's a cute little thing you can use. Yeah. And Objective-C did that with just the like open and closing braces, too. Right. It was called like a GCC, what was it called? Yeah. It was like a trick of some sort. Yeah. I use that occasionally. Fun times. Yeah. Remember Objective-C? Yeah. Do I ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So it looks like you opened this pull request when? Uh, a few days ago? A week like and a half ago? Like a week ago, I think. Yeah, something. Nine days ago. So let's, uh, I, I mean, I don't follow Swift Evolution email list. So maybe do you want to walk me through how did this, how did this start and like what discussion happened on the email list and what, what's the process been like up to this point? Yeah. So I don't also, I also don't follow Swift Evolution. It's way too much stuff and there's just no reasonable way for me to like try to get through it all. Um, so I only pop in there when somebody, um, you know, links to something or says like, Hey, like this person is, is saying that, that, um, and like, if you want to chime in, like now would be the time. So what I do with Swift evolution is I basically ha- am subscribed to it. And then I, um, archive all the emails automatically so that I can like search for them and reply to them if I need to. Um, but I don't like read that, read it regularly because it's just way too much stuff. Um, so the, the yeah. process of this basically is, uh, and it's, it's nice to go through the process just to have a sense of like, have the feeling of like, what is it like to, to do the process is essentially you kind of have this format, right? And I, I think everybody's sort of seen this format where it's like, you know, um, at the top, it's got this block of like, here's the proposal ID, here are the authors, here's a status, here's a review manager. It's like an introduction, a motivation, um, detailed design, and then um, like alternatives considered, like all these sections are kind of like, or impact on existing code is another fun one. So all these all these blocks, this is like basically a template. So you copy this template um, and then write your proposal. What I did first was I kind of bounced it around a couple of friends and said like, hey, what do you think of this? And those friends, um, people that I mentioned earlier, helped me nail down, like, okay, what happens in this case? What happens in that case? Um, what about, did you consider this? Did you consider that? And that was actually where a lot of the alternatives considered sections came from. It's like, well, sometimes they changed my mind and I changed the body of the proposal itself. But if the, if one of the fundamental ideas, like, doesn't uh, change, like, one of these um, alternatives, then I would add a section and say, like, we also considered this and we don't think it works because of X, Y, and Z. We also considered that and we don't think it works because of A, B, and C. Um, and so that, that section is pretty rich in here just from basically asking um, people about it. So sort of, yeah, sort of after a week of that, then I posted it to the uh, mailing list itself. So to do that, I mean, it's, it's pretty free form, but um, I think the standard sort of... Um, idiom that you would use is you kind of have like an opening bracket and then you write pitch and then a closing bracket and then the name of your pitch in this case like guard catch uh and then you kind of do a short like one paragraph um summary of like what you're trying to pitch and then maybe a link to a gist of the thing that you want to propose like write this thing that you wrote from this template and then you just kind of let people duke it out you jump in when you want to um people had some interesting feedback one of the interesting things is that and maybe i could dig this up for the show notes but Chris Latner proposed that 
if you like has posed this um this syntax but minus the word guard so you would just type let thing equals try throwing function catch and then you would just have to know that that catch has to return interesting and i, I and i and so i added an extra section once i like learned about that i added an extra section in this alternative is considered and i was like ah, i don't think that's really good because i think guard the meaning of guard is like hey this situation better be the case if it's not you have to exit the scope and i think guard is like that's the meaning of guard and so i really wanted to preserve that but yeah so that was that was like one of the pieces of feedback that came out of it. There were a few others. There was a lot of um, discussion around basically how to handle uh, a function that both returns an optional and throws an error, right? And if you think about it, it's kind of weird because you don't really have guard else anymore. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> or you could you could like try to make them all into one mm-hmm. statement where you could do guard let thing equal whatever. Yeah, but that's gonna else be and catch. Just just weird. So. Yeah. So how did you, I, I'm kind of reading through the proposal right now, but how did you end up resolving that? So the the feeling that I had was that guard catch should just be a totally separate thing than, than guard else. Um, because else doesn't necessarily say that it's like the nil case of, um, the nil case of an optional. So I, like, if it were like, you know, guard let va- let value because whatever catch this and then like on nil do that. Then I think I would like obviously like that isn't doesn't sound very swifty, but like something like that I think would be much more clear than else. Else to me doesn't necessarily mean that we're dealing with an optional. So um, the thing that I proposed is that if you if you come up against this edge case often, you can add a function to optional. And that function is called unwrap, and then it, it either throws or returns the thing on the inside. So that way you can kind of hoist an optional into the world of throwing functions. And so mm. your catch will just catch everything. And then you could do, you know, catch let error as nil error, and then you would be able to handle the nil case separate from the rest of the errors. We Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like... I guess there's no really elegant way to handle that because we're you're kind of overloading this guard let syntax, right? Right. It's it's mixing monads, and mixing monads is always dangerous. Like you know, if you have an array of optionals, that's weird. If you have an uh, yeah. op- an optional of arrays, that's weird. If you have a function that returns an optional and throws, it's weird. You have a, and so on. Yeah, you have a burrito yeah. of burritos. That's weird. Yeah, you don't want um, a burrito of burritos. Not good. <laughs> So you're not proposing, though, that that optional function be added to the, like, standard library or to, like, all optionals? Or is that, that seems like probably overkill for this case. Exactly. So I wrote that that adding this is out of scope. I think, so while the inclusion of this extension in the standard library is beyond the scope of this proposal, adding it to a project is easy. So I do think it's a good thing to add to the standard library. I just don't think it's a good thing for this proposal to propose. Like, it's... Yeah. Totally orthogonal, basically. Yeah, I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, after you got some feedback from the pitch email chain, how would it, how did you, like, what's the process for actually putting this into the Swift Evolution GitHub repo or opening a pull request for it? Right. So the the feeling that I've gotten is basically if, if the feedback from your pitch thread is mostly positive, then at that point 
you say, okay, it's time to make a proposal with it. It's time to make a pull request with this actual proposal. So then you sort of fork, um, add your thing. You don't know what number it's going to be, so you just put like XXX or NNN. And then you basically open up a pull request with this thing. They're a little bit backlogged on pull requests right now, which is probably pretty stressful for them. Um, they have 16 open pull requests for draft proposals and stuff. Uh, that's a lot. These aren't that's, like... Yeah. It's not yeah. like a like software project where there are some of the pull requests are just one-line fixes. Like This is something that requires a lot of attention yeah. and a lot of resources. Well, and each one of these has an official review period of one mm-hmm. week. Yeah, and like some of them look pretty official. So like um, Airspeed Swift, the Airspeed Velocity guy, Ben Cohen, works at Apple. And so like he's an Apple employee who has an open pull request since April 8th for removal. I don't actually know what this does. But the point is like there's a lot of open pull requests. That's just kind of how it is um, yeah. for now. I'm not worried about it. I don't think that this is something that like is obviously wouldn't make Swift 4. Uh, I would honestly be surprised if it made Swift 5 because it's pretty much just syntactic sugar and they have bigger fish to fry. And yeah, but I mean, or I guess I don't remember what they've said are the priorities for Swift 5, but it doesn't seem like something that would be too complicated to add if if they decide they want to add it. Yeah, I tried to reuse as much of like the system as I already could um, yeah. in the thing. So like catch, which I actually didn't know this. Um, so if you write like do whatever in, in braces and then you write catch and then open a brace, the variable error is actually implicitly bound for you. So you can use the variable error and it's bound to the error without writing catch let error. I didn't realize. That was one of the things that I had to change in my proposal when I realized that's how the default behavior works in yeah. Swift. Yeah. So um that was one that was one interesting thing. So I tried to keep it as much like um the current catch syntax as I could so they could like reuse that or whatever. Um, and just so it's also cognitively easier for people to use, but yeah, so I don't, I, I, I honestly like, you know, the experience of creating a proposal has been interesting enough that I could, that was already worth it for me. If it actually gets approved, even if it gets deferred, like that would be really, really awesome. Like I'd be super, super happy with that, with that like outcome. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, so I, I don't know if it would be even, you know, I don't even know if it would make Swift five is, is kind of what I'm getting at, but yeah. maybe at some point they'll go through these proposals um, open the review period on each of them and people will be able to discuss if they think it's a good idea or not. So, yeah. So you're yeah. just sort of waiting now for the, like for a review period. Yeah. Um, I think I've actually done everything that I like will do for this. I, I don't know that much more about the rest of the process, but you know, they'll make a thread soliciting feedback for it. I guess I can put another, you know, argument in there of why I think it's good, but like I've kind of made my argument and then it's kind of like, I can't implement it. Like this seems crazy. So yeah. <laughs> um, so somebody else is going to have to do that part. Uh, and yeah. So, you know, I think I've kind of, you know, I've, I've let my thing out into the world and hopefully it, it turns into something beautiful. That's awesome. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if we have that much to say about, or I, I don't think I anyway have much more to say about the Swift evolution proposal or process aside from maybe to call out that it's kind of cool that Apple is like involving the community this much and this successfully uh, on a still a relatively new language. Yeah, there's definitely like a lot of passion on the Swift evolution mailing list. Like there are people who have very strong opinions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, no, I mean this in a really positive way. Like it can be overwhelming to like look at that stuff, but 
Um, at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's nice that there's people that care enough to put their time into it. Um, yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. And like, I have strong hopes for Swift for being a language of, as they say, the next 20 years, maybe longer. And like making sure that, you know, we get those foundations right. And like discussing them and figuring it out is like really important if it's going to be a good language for the long term. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. So it looks like scrolling through the proposal here, it looks like there are a number of design details here. And I assume that each of these is addressing some kind of edge case that either you came up with or someone on the mailing list came up with. Um, yeah, pretty much. Well, I think only one or two of them are from the, from the mail list. Most of them are from like talking to friends and really like fleshing out like how this stuff has to work. It's interesting because it was a, like, I thought it'd be a pretty simple thing, but once you start thinking about the edge cases, there's actually quite a few of them. Yeah. So like in, in Swift today, if you want to use try, you can put it anywhere in the expression before the throwing function. Right? If you want to say, like, you know, you have two functions that each return a number and you want to add their result, right? So you say, like, function one, call the function, plus function two, call the function. If one of those mm-hmm. throws, you could put that try before the whole expression, or you could put it before just the expression, just the function that throws. Yeah. So, like, that's, an, that's like an edge case thing that you have to think about. So, like, okay, where are we going to allow you to put the try anywhere? Um, or are we going to like require that it always be at the beginning? Like, is one easier to read? Is one harder to read? I think that you should probably just follow like the the Swift convention that it could be anywhere in that statement that is supposed yeah. to produce whatever result, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you wanted to change it, that's a separate proposal, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that was like one interesting one that came up. Obviously, you can do guard var as well as guard let. In, you know, current Swift, when you're unwrapping an optional, like if you want that value that you unwrap to be mutable, you can make it a var. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, should that be allowed? It's like, probably that should be allowed also. Because it's, it's like this mishmash of two constructs in language already, right? Guard and the do catch. Um, and, like, you want to try to pull the features from each that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, uh, I thought it would be a simpler proposal than it actually was. And it turns out there's quite a few edge cases to think about. Hmm. Yeah. Were there any other any other interesting edge cases you that you want to call out? Uh, one interesting one is that some functions throw but don't return a value, and so like you can put you know a boolean inside of a guard. It doesn't necessarily have to bind to a variable, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be unwrapping an optional. Mm-hmm. It can be just be checking that some condition is is the case. And so like, should you be able to do like guard try? Like model that save and then not bind it to any variable at all. Like it's that seems weird to me. That really feels like it's duplicating do, the do try catch sort of structure. Yeah. Why do you Why do you think so? Uh, I mean, in that case, you just have. Well, I guess the do try catch doesn't say you have to exit the scope. Right. Although you can exit the scope, and right. because it doesn't return anything, it has to be a mute. It has to be a side effect inducing function, right? Yeah. So it just seems very like, yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. I guess I'm not sure. I guess I'm not sure why it just really seems like if you're not like the whole point of guard. Yeah, I guess it's. So if, uh, if you want to write your own proposal, um, you, Chris, or you, the audience, (laughs) uh, I recommend it. I think it's a fun experience, but there are lots of weird things 
that you're going to run across. And you're going to have people that tell you either on the mailing list or your friends or whatever. They're like, no, it can't be that way. It has to be this way. This way makes so much more sense. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And you just kind of have to pick one. Yeah. Either be convinced or, or you know, stand yeah. fast in your, in your opinion. I don't know. The, the guard with no binding of variables, the guard try with no binding of a variable. It also looks weird. Like, it's like a really weird series of Swift uh, tokens, yeah. I guess. Guard try model that save catch. Maybe the the only reason that it, that it seems weird to me is that with guard let try, you're saving several like several lines of verbosity there, right? Mm-hmm. And with just guard try throwing function, right? You're not. I don't. You're not saving that much. Are yeah, you, you're you not. just have the. You're it's actually saving more the, characters. Oh no, that's not true with the spaces. But if you well, put like braces, if you take the white the, space out, then it's more it's more non white space characters than just having that do try yeah. right. Yep, and you can like inline the whole do brace try model dot save close brace catch, and it would look exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Is this the first example that we've seen? I this proposal. I mean, the first example that we've seen of try occurring without a like dedicated do scope associated with it? So you can just call like try some function that throws, but the function that you're in also has to be throwing. So you can do that. Yeah, but I mean, so some someone down the road has to either have that do scope, the, a scope that's yeah. defined with do catch or use try bang or try question mark. Yes, yes. Eventually okay. down the road, you have to do one of those three things. There's yeah. no other way. So this guard let or just guard try syntax is almost introducing that, uh, uh, getting rid of the need for that that scope yeah. in a different way. That's huh. yeah, yeah. This is an interesting proposal. Yeah, I, I like it because it's like it's it's a nice one to do first. I, I hope I do more. I don't know if I will, um, but it's like a very like softball one. It's like everybody kind of agrees it's a cool thing to add to the language. The only question is, like, is it worth the priority of, like, doing it? And so, like, you know, it's not, like, something where I have a really strong opinion about, like, the language should work this totally different way, and, like, nobody's going to agree with me. It's, like, a pretty straightforward thing that more or less everybody thinks is good, (laughs) notwithstanding the details on whether you have to bind a variable or not, which I'm glad we did find something to disagree with on about this this proposal. True, Um, yeah. I I don't know how strongly I disagree with with you, but... (laughs) yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, and I see where you're coming from, right? Like, it's just really not that much better than just do. If you inline no. the do, it's just pretty much the same. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. um, do you have anything that you would ever propose to the mailing list? No, nothing comes to mind immediately, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get you right more swift. That's what we got to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Maybe, um, uh, well, after I learn more about Swift on the server, maybe we'll see. Yeah, there you go. Write some Swift uh, scripts. Yeah. You know, user bin Swift. <laughs> that actually, I mean, you joke about that. that <laughs> I, <laughs> I could see that being really useful for some of the sort of one-off things that I'm doing. Like, Swift is a nice language to work in for some of this stuff that shell scripting is just terrible. And, I mean, Python works, but it would be cool to use Swift for it, too, just because why not? Yeah, and like, you know, you're familiar with standard library, you're familiar with building yeah. abstractions quickly. Could be good. Yeah, absolutely. Although, it could also be good just to to exercise my Python and uh, and 
work on getting quick at, at using right good abstractions in Python too. But yeah, that's fair too. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So Swift Evolution. If you're thinking about something to propose, I think you should propose it. Yeah, I would agree. And I really don't have anything else to add here. So uh, I guess we'll say thank you very much for listening. Uh, we should note that we do have a Patreon. So if you're wondering where all of our even-numbered episodes have gone, they're on Patreon. And there will be a link in the show notes. Uh, our Patreon supporters uh, help us pay for editing and hosting costs for the show. And uh, we really appreciate the support. Yeah, totally. Last week on the Patreon um, feed, we talked about going to conferences and writing uh, blog posts and writing talks and how all those things kind of come together. Um, and it was like, a, I thought it was a pretty fun episode to do. So if you're interested in listening to that, definitely hop over to the Patreon and become a patron and help us with our, with our, with our hosting fees and our editing fees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was definitely a really interesting, uh, episode to record. Uh, we, I guess should note, you're going to be speaking at 360 iDev in, uh, what a week from when this episode comes out. Yes. A week from when this episode comes out. Almost exactly. Cool. So hopefully I'll see some of y'all at 360 iDev come wave, say hi. Yeah. I, I won't be there, but say hi to Saru. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, right. Cool. I will talk to you next week, Chris. I'll talk to you later. Fantastic.